You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York room. Brian. <laughs> Brian, we did it. Well, we did, something happened. But... <laughs> I don't know that we did anything. Well, I think we did do some things, Brian. I don't know that any of the things we did matter, but we did things. We said things. That's true. I don't know what role the Giants Among Men radio show had on Jason Garrett's demise, but, you know, we, we weren't a helpful presence to him. <laughs> I guess I would just, I would put it like this. I don't know that anyone out there can prove we didn't help right. cause this, <laughs> right? No one can prove that we weren't a part of it. So I am going to go ahead and uh, absorb some credit because I think I deserve it. Right. Um, we definitely never shut up about it. I'll say that. <laughs> yes. We were the relentless radio voices that were needed in this era, this very, very, very strange era of Giants football. Yeah, that came to an end on a sad Monday night in Tampa Bay. Um you know, a weird, like, just a weird lead up to that game, right? Like, it's so interesting that Jason Garrett gets fired after that performance because there was this, like, weird build up to this game. And I guess it sort of started because Lewis Riddick was, like, a GM candidate and he was calling the game and he made some kind of comments that, like, you know, basically, like, put up or shut up time for the Giants, you know? And, and, and then there was this, like, weird... I don't know. I was feeling this weird, like hype, like that people were sort of implying that the giants were going to like rise to that occasion, you know, and it was put up or shut up time. And then it was like, well, shut up, like, right. Shut up, <laughs> shut up right now. Up. And, but it was enough that Joe judge, it was like, he obviously had bought into like, we, if we don't play good offense in this game, we had two weeks to repair. Everybody's back. Like, we have enough weapons here. If we, like, this defense, the Tampa Bay has, like, had all these problems in their secondary. If we can't move the ball on these guys, like, something's got to change. And he did change something. Yeah, do you think he went into the game with that attitude? Like, I don't know. Do you think that Joe Judge and or the Giants coaching staff, even they were alarmed by how disgraceful they were last night? Yeah, I think they expected to play well. And to have it be that bad was like okay yeah <laughs> right you right. cannot do this another day like we literally just had two weeks to prepare for a po- an opponent with a weakness in their secondary that we should be like tailor-made to exploit with the weapons we have and we couldn't do literally anything so <laughs> and our quarterback has progressed in the worst way possible where he could not look worse and I never liked Jason Gary anyway, and they forced him on me, so I don't have to do this a single more, another day. You know, I'm not going to work one more day with my fate in that guy's hands. So this is so interesting to me. I am stunned both by, I guess, number one, by the turnaround of the Giants, Joe Judge and the Giants. But I'm also surprised by you. What is it about this firing that you feel now has kind of swung you back over to the way that I had seen things kind of earlier about how this was a forced marriage. What about the firing? I always thought so too. I just, it's like the fact that he goes ahead and fires him with his job on the line is like, I don't know. It just kind of makes you realize like this was more, 
against his will than you even thought you know like and i still don't think it absolves him because like if he felt this way that jason garrett was a potential problem he should have you know you're the head coach man like they're going to listen to you um it never should have gotten this far but like he fired him (laughs) fired him in the middle of the season humiliated him like that guy's never gonna work in the nfl again he basically fired him in a press conference last night basically what he did yeah in the post-game presser and then fires him the next morning um you know it clearly like he this has been this has been on his mind this wasn't the first time he had the thought that like maybe jason garrett isn't the right offensive coordinator for me you know um and it just got bad enough that he felt he had the 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 bullets in the chamber to like you know really win the argument i guess so now that finally this all is mostly confirmed let's just take a second and think about how incredibly ridiculous john mara is I mean, ridiculous. Right. Ridiculous. Worse than, I mean, worse than we've really even been treating him this entire season. Like, he. Right. Jason right. Garrett is here because of you. Right. You made us have him. You did this to us. You made us endure the last two years of, first of all, the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. We didn't even get to enjoy his humiliation of getting fired from the Cowboys for even an entire month before we suddenly have to look at him in a giant's polo, which is something I don't know that I could ever forgive the Maris for. Right, right, right. It is like, you're a maniac. What is wrong with you? (laughs) What would make you think that you should be the one to select the offensive coordinator? Like, especially in like 2021 NFL, where offensive play calling is you know so crucial like what would make you think you're gonna hire a young coach and handpick his offensive coordinator it's it's bizarre (laughs) what what is it about jason garrett legitimately that you think john mara is so fond of I, i have no idea like what does john mara think he knows like why does he think he has any sense of you know what i mean like what obviously he's been around football his whole life but not coaching it not playing it like come on he's been around i I mean more than i have but in a very similar way like let's be real you know like absolutely you've been in meetings and you've looked over you don't understand it like you don't know who's a good offensive coordinator Uh, clearly but obviously what would make you overrule a head coaching hire like you have the confidence to like hire this unorthodox candidate and then <laughs> stick him with <laughs> it's just bizarre. But see, I don't think I don't think that he had the courage to hire the unorthodox candidate. Right, right. My take on the situation is and again, I've sort of done this, but I think since he got fired today, I think our our fans, our rabid fans can allow me just one final stroll down the entire scenario right Nove- november 2019 it's obvious that uh Shermer is on his way out daryl slater in, on nj.com posts an article that if jason Gar- if jason garrett still then head coach of the dallas cowboys got fired he would have interest in the giants job so i think first of all i was blown away by the audacity that jason garrett would be interested in the job 
as though that was in doubt as he's about to be fired from his other job. But I, so I was, I was listening to some people and it seemed like, oh, you know, Jason Garrett is floating these things out there. He's trying to get himself a landing spot, et cetera, et cetera. And then that more or less seemed to make sense to me. But it also felt a lot to me like right before the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, and you were like, you were messaging me a lot. Like, you, you know, they're going to pick this guy from Duke. That's definitely what they're going to do. And I was having this slow progression of like going from, no, they're not. That's like, even for them, that's too crazy to then, <laughs> I think Ryan might be right to then they draft him. So this, I, I had PTSD from that experience. And I was like, when I saw that article at first, I laughed. I thought it was ridiculous. But then I was like, hold on. They're laying the groundwork. They're trying to hire him. And I think that the reaction to the idea of Jason Garrett going from Cowboys head coach to Giants head coach was a little too much for the public to swallow. And the Maras heard or, you know, realized that. And then they were like, okay, we can't make him the head coach. So then they went home and then they cried probably for three straight days, maybe held some sort of wake maybe sat shiva in some fashion or another and then somebody hatched the plan of okay here's what we do we hire jason first of all no number one buy jason a house in our on our cul-de-sac <laughs> cul-de-sac block party to welcome jason to the right. step three get him a membership at the golf club right the locker right next to us <laughs> And step four, install him as the offensive coordinator. Then, I don't know, let's hire this judge guy, like a special teams whoever. Yeah. He's definitely not going not gonna to succeed. But the offense with Daniel and Jason together as best friends <laughs> is going to be so dominant. It'll just be no problem. Then we'll elevate Jason head coach and everyone will have to love it. I think that was the on paper plan. Right. Well, I don't think that they like wanted Judge to fail, but it's so weird to me that they like, like if you were so intent on Jason Garrett, it's like, why didn't you just like keep Pat Shermer? You know, like if that's the type of coach you wanted, like at least he like is a decent offensive play caller, you know, like, right. What was the allure of Jason Garrett, why was it so potent, so powerful that... Well, number one, Brian, I don't know if you know this. He was a giant. Right. <laughs> it's just unbelievable that he had to, that, you know, this move that was so obviously flawed from the jump, never made any sense, ends midway through the second year in absolute humiliation. You, you know what I mean? Just like couldn't end worse like it's after a 30 to 10 loss on monday night football after a bye week when your offense scores basically no points and <laughs> your quarterback who you have that you've invested so much in and have so much hope for looks like absolute trash <laughs> and you're forced to summarily fire the guy it's just you know i don't know does any is there going to be any introspection of like you should you know like are we doing something terribly wrong here? Like, you know what I mean? like this is such a humiliation well that's a really good question and before we get to that question i want us to remember it i have a question for you 
what do you think is the likelihood that Jason Garrett went into the locker room last night thinking that he was all good because he designed a play where Andrew Thomas caught a touchdown pass? Do you think he thought... Right. He was just like, well, they can't fire me after that. You see that left tackle? That little wrinkle? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I had Kadarius Toney throw another pass. Right. Again, I didn't get him throw him the ball at all, but I got another play for him to throw a pass. That's right. That again didn't work. And, you know, mixing in that hurry up. I'll be honest (laughs) with you. I slept through the entire third quarter. And I fell asleep at halftime. I woke up at the end of the third quarter, and when I woke up, I was angry. Not that I had missed the third quarter, but that it was still the fourth quarter to go when I woke up and that I still had to watch the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'll confess I turned it off after three quarters because I had forced my wife to do bedtime so that I could watch it. And she came down and was like, I can't believe it's still on. Can we watch something? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, We don't need to watch this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to watch this. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like it. It was just wild, though. It was wild. It's just wild, like, it, the way it was a snapping. Like, Joe Judge came out after that game, and he was, like, he was done with it. Like, he yeah. was just like, I can't do that. I can't do this one more time. And And he felt like there was something about that game last night that was, like, we had all we do have a lot of players out there on the field like he just was like there's no way we could do that little like with the talent we assembled on offense he's like for offensive right. line whatever like yes it's it's a disastrous offensive line it's a huge problem and it was interesting that earlier in the week Jason Garrett you know had brought up the offensive line and how the team hadn't invested and, and he basically took a shot at the whole group saying like look the offensive line is not good enough and that's our biggest problem which is true but was weird you know yeah and it's also not a, it's not an excuse it's not an excuse to be that terrible like we do have we have kenny galladay Kadarius tony saquon barkley like daniel jones right the great <laughs> daniel jones <laughs> Danny dives. Like, we shouldn't be this bad on offense. Um, also, too, there there honestly are, and this is something I've wondered for a couple of years now, there are honestly a lot of teams that make the playoffs where sort of the national take on them is that their offensive line isn't any good. Yeah, yeah. Like, how long has that been what you've heard about Seattle? Right. Right? For like, years. For years, Seattle has a terrible offensive line, and yet Seattle is in the playoffs constantly. Number one... They have Russell Wilson, but look, Daniel Jones, again, maybe things that, I mean, you probably know, Brian, maybe our listeners aren't quite as educated on it. Daniel Jones is fast. He He can run. Yeah. He can run. So I just, the whole offensive line thing is just no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Offenses in the NFL manage to do well with not perfect offensive lines all the time. Yeah, they do. You're right. It's not an excuse. Um, God, man, Daniel Jones, like, <laughs> I mean, the Giants, the, the the extent to which they are going to go down with the Daniel Jones ship, you know, I mean, they are a captain who, uh, who is like, will sink with the ship, like, they are riding the Daniel Jones, the SS Daniel Jones, and they're the captains of it, and <laughs> they're going to sink with it, you know what I mean? Like, they're just... 
there's no way they're changing course. Like, and I'll tell you, boy, he's talented and all, but last night was my most. I was like, man, he sucks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I hated watching him last. I, I would I like to see him with a better offensive line? Yes. Would I like to see him with a different play caller? Yes. I'm mildly looking forward to that. Do but. Am I, you know, God, do I feel good about him today? No, <laughs> no, I don't. How could you? No, I don't. So let's get back to your question then from earlier, which is, is this finally going to force some introspection with the Giants? I, I don't know. You know, it's too early to say. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's too early to say, Scott. It, has the Dave Gelman regime been good or bad? You know? <laughs> well, let's go through it. Because, right. Let's play a little devil's advocate. I don't really like to play devil's advocate. It's not, I'm not in the practice of advocating for the devil. Uh, but let's play. What are, what are, let's just take turns going through Dave Gettleman's achievements, shall we? It's like, on the one hand, the team is 19 and 40 in his <laughs> 40 seasons. On the other hand, Kadarius Tony seems like he's not a terrible player. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if a general manager in his four years makes, any right decision it means he is good at the job and it means all criticism of him is invalid unfair is unfair right unwarranted like some people might say that in a in a draft with four really good left tackles it's possible gettleman drafted the worst one first right and i would say to those people Watch Andrew Thomas catch a touchdown pass last right. night. Any of those other first rounders catch touchdown passes in their careers? I don't think so. So another feather in Dave Gettleman's yeah, yeah. cap. There is this thing that like every good move he's made somehow means like it hasn't been a failure. Or like we don't know. It's too early right. to say. Because he did the, it's like when you're the GM, you make a lot of moves. You make, you know, seven or eight draft picks a year. You make <laughs> 10 to 12 free agent <laughs> signings you cut 10 12 players you make two or three trades if there's no can you've been in four years if you can't point to a couple of them that worked out i mean jesus like you know a deaf mute throwing darts could right you know, hit on a few things jesus like i know we suck that's it like if i forgot to pick up my daughter from school i don't think i could tell my wife like Oh, but I, you know, I wiped down the counters in the kitchen. So almost even still a good dad. Like what? Right. Or like two of my five children are dead, but three are alive. (laughs) More than half. Right. (laughs) Like, has he been good at this job? No. No. It's been a catastrophe. Terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. It's been an out. It's just so weird. Like so, you know, going into that game again. Like there was a reading an article about whether they that that you know Saquon was coming back, and it's like whether the Giants negotiate a new contract with him is complicated. And you're like, is it? No, like not. No, under no circumstances should they be negotiating a new contract for Saquon Barkley right now. Like if he right. if they want to keep pick up his option, fine. If they want to see what happens next year and then talk about franchising him or something. Sure. But like negotiating an extension with him right now would be like, for what? Right. Is he even good? Is he I even don't know. Good? 
Right. I don't think so, actually. Right. If we had a good offensive line, would he be good? Maybe. I think so. Would he stay healthy? I don't know. Like, right. Is he a good running back? Not sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, again, same thing with Daniel Jones. Like, talking about his future. Like, his future is up in the air and should nobody right. should be thinking about it. Like, is will he be the Giants quarterback next year? Probably. Like, should that be 100%? No. No. No way. Not. Of course not. If something presented itself, they should be the team, one of the teams in the mix to figure that out. Like, there's a move to be made, a trade, you know, whatever. That there's a guy in the draft they like. Like, Christ Almighty. I know. For God's sakes, just go get Aaron Rodgers. Set him up with a house on Staten Island. No one wants to get vaxxed there either, so he's fine. Right. But they won't. You know. Again, that's a move that's not even on the table. Right. That's right. Not they. Well, Giants wouldn't do that. That's to something i don't know (laughs) do problem solving (laughs) (laughs) i mean seriously i I don't know because this has to be look if john mara isn't dealing like he's the one who has to deal with the humiliation we need some sort of sit down with him maybe he'll come on the pod we need an interview with john mara because he's the one who's failed across the board his guy Gettleman, who he loves, yeah, has not put together the offensive line that was good enough to play for his other love, Jason Garrett. Also, like the firing of Colombo last year, like that's resurfacing now. Like that had to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, I really would have loved to be there to see Jason Garrett get just to know what was said between him and Joe Judge, how that went. And then like the conversation from Joe Judge to John Mara, where he calls him and tells him that he's going to make that move. What does that sound like? What is it? You know, yeah. what is it? Um, what is John how Mara's was John Mara's response? How did, he, how did yes. he take it? Yeah. Like, right. Was he disappointed? I understand. Or did he try to talk him out of it? Does he, you know, like. Because, you know, this is a, you know, this is a very disruptive move. Like, yeah. <laughs> the middle and of it's the late. Right. After and, a bye week. After the after bye. After the bye week. Right. Uh, and a, a mon- after a Monday night game. So now we're on a short week. Freddie Kitchens <laughs> is coming in to call plays. <laughs> Bizarre. And I don't, you know, I mean, th- just the fact we're turning it over to Freddie Kitchens feels very <laughs> surreal. You know, like. I don't know, but at least it gives them a shot. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, look, they do have talented offensive players. Like, it's just, you just can't allow this to keep going like this. I know the offensive line is bad. Again, no one's saying they have to be the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the worst offense in the league. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and we've seen it. We've seen occasionally glimpses of them putting it together. Like, just enough already. Enough. It was time. It's also, too, it's not just that our offense has been bad. It's also been unwatchable. Yeah, right. It's just so – it's bad, boring football. I, I, have, I have been as detached from following the NFL this season as I've been in maybe my entire life. Yeah. Just because I can't even stand it anymore. Yeah. I can't stand it because I can't even watch the Giants. Like, the Giants have definitely had bad years during the course of our lives – but there's never been a time where I have like almost dread borderline dreaded watching them. Yeah. Yeah. I know where you're just less invested and interested. And it's just like a, 
a slog getting through it. Like yeah, it's no eating your vegetables. That something good is going to happen or that something – it just <laughs> felt totally hopeless. Yeah. Um, and this at least gives you something. Maybe they'll – something. But it won't – it probably won't last long. And I'll tell you, it shouldn't by judge much of a reprieve. He gets a few weeks to see if this makes any difference. And then to me, I've se- you've seen nothing from him. You know what I mean? No, I, I do agree with you. And, and also it's just like – it speaks to judge that – you had to know. So now that he's fired Jason Garrett, you had to know that that was a possibility that at some point this year you were going to need to do that. And with that possibility in mind, you intentionally had it such that the, the person on deck was Fredward Kitchens. Right. So why was that, right. Joe? Who is close to you? So that there is a connection there. So that seems to be like, okay, this is actually a guy you would like calling your plays. So Right. Yeah. And look, I, I do say it does offer Judge the opportunity. If if this made a significant difference, they finished with any kind of progress on offense, you know, I I think I could you could at least make a case for him, you know. Um, if it doesn't change anything in any meaningful way, you know, I think Joey got to go with everybody else. You know, I agree. <laughs> do you think the Maras could do it? Do you think they could ha- fire Gettleman, Judge, and Garrett all in the same year? Do they have the stones for it? I don't know. And move on from Daniel Jones in one Yeah. Season? Oh, I man. Know. I don't know. Because it's like, then you are like, I don't know. That, you know, they'd be so like, what do we do? Right. That really would be just like putting a sign up that's just like, we don't know football. We <laughs> don't know what we're doing. We don't know. We, we're like, we're putting like a feedback sign or like. <laughs> suggestion well, you know, box. Yeah, suggestion box. Just, <laughs> we don't know what to do. Because uh, they, they don't. They're idiots. They're really bad. It's really gotten bad. Um. I don't know. It was a bad night, you know, but it, honestly, there was something positive about it. I mean, I think yeah, it's it was, a great night. It, it was. Yeah, it was like the chickens came home to roost. You know, they came into that game. They had off the bye week. All these guys are coming out healthy. We're going to make this second half charge starts today. We've been building this program. Like, I think that is what Joe Judge thought he was going to see. And to see it that go that badly, he was like, OK, I got to do something drastic. This is terrible. But even that, I feel like, is an indictment on Judge. Like, you thought it was going to go well last <laughs> right. night? Why? Why did you think Why? that? I know. Like, what? What made you think I that? certainly didn't. Right. I know. You know? But no, I woke up, like, I just, you know, I went to bed last night and woke up this morning just like, no, this is, this is it. This is what it is. This is Giants football. What are you going to do? And then this whole Garrett fire, I'm stunned by it, honestly. Like, you yeah. shouldn't be. But it's just like, to me, the silliest thing is like, what, what about today or what about last night? Like, I get that it was bad, but like, it's been bad the yeah. whole time. Right. Every second of it has been terrible. <laughs> I mean. There's never been a game where I was like, yeah, Garrett did a good job. Yeah, yeah, like, right. There was one quarter against the Saints where we kind of opened it up one a little quarter. bit. <laughs> I think, too, some of the hype around last night was just like we won two out of three, even though, like, those were not, yeah, like, real wins. And then also, like, over the course of time, this is just like a very weird two-week stretch in the league overall. So then I think people were just like, look, anything's possible. Look at the Giants. They just beat the Raiders. Who knows what they're going to do on Monday night? Yeah. Well, Jason Garrett knew. He knew. 
and he, he knew is, he is no more <laughs> we say farewell to jason garrett uh, remember dave you. gettleman saying how worried they were that the chargers were gonna hire him as right. the head coach they were worried about that right. what would we have done instead the chargers hired one of the most progressive forward-thinking head coaches in the nfl right now right. and then we kept we were relieved to keep jason garrett we kept up we kept up jason garrett <laughs> uh well i don't know this is a victory it is. is it? I think it's something. It's positive. I don't know. You know, I'm not yeah. going to pop champagne over a poor bastard getting fired, but it was a good day for the New York Giants franchise. It's one step closer to whatever kind of reshuffling needs to happen. I also like to say I am going to pop champagne over somebody getting fired because, look, I get it. You know, when it's like a college coach, there's someone way down. Like if Judge got fired, I understand the thinking. There is somebody way down on the totem pole that he hired that makes no money, that's yeah, life yeah. just got thrown into people. But Jason Garrett is not a full staff turnover. He's got plenty of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, we all know he's from New Jersey because that has been talked about ad nauseum. Guy went to Princeton. He's fine. Sorry, get out. Right, you're right. You can, get out. You can, Go away. I can take a yeah. I'm going to pour uh, a Negroni tonight, and I'll take yes. a with a very big grin, with a <laughs> goodbye to Jason Garrett. Shitty being grin. Yes, no doubt about it. We earned it. We deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've put in a lot of hours, the painful hours. So, well, Giants fans, you're welcome. You're welcome for that. Uh, So Giants fans can rest easy. I would also like to tell Knicks fans to rest easy. Just rest easy, Knicks fans. We're fine. It's okay. It's going to be okay. The starters are okay. Everyone's going to be okay. Well, define okay. I would define okay as I'm very confident we'll make the playoffs. Okay. Outright or play in? We may have to play in. Yeah. We may have to play in. Um, But I don't think we're going to tank. We're not going to just like nosedive. Right. I think we have too, too many good players for that. It's just, look, it's going to be a slog. It's not even Christmas yet. The regular season's going to go, you know, look, it's just about to get cold outside. Like, real, every day, got to wear a jacket. Don't even look at the temperature. Just bundle up cold. It's going to be warm out before the playoffs are even there. So, like most Knicks seasons, that's disastrous. But I just think, you know, this team is good, not great, not as good as we hoped they might be after opening night with the Celtics. But, you know, I was disappointed about that for a while. I was sort of like reeling from that for a while. It's been enough time where I can accept that and still be able to like enjoy this team. And I just don't see any reason to do panic, make a drastic move, trade anybody. Just go. I agree with you. Like, I think the context of, hey, remind yourself, this is the best time to be a Knicks fan in a really long time. Like I, there was some conversation, that guy, Stefan Bondi, who's like such a troll. I, I find yeah. in daily news. He was on Ian Begley's podcast and he was sort of talking about like, if the, uh, you know, bloom is off the rose on Leon Rose to not uh, pardon the pun, but um, you know, and it's like, come on, that's ridiculous. Right. Like, What's wrong with Leon Rose? <laughs> they've what? still done a great job putting this together. And you know, I mean, Obi and Quickly are my two favorite players on the team, both brought in by, you know, the new regime. Um, 
I still like most of the things they did this off season. Like I will say it's just like, it, it's been, it has been an alarming stretch. Like to what extent will they turn this around? I'm like, I'm, I am a little worried about Julius and RJ, you know, and like that, that them as the foundation, like, are they the foundation of this team or is it actually going to be, they provide a nice kind of like, floor for us for a few years until they are actually maybe the pieces that are used to get you know and and then quickly and obi are kind of the yeah the core of the team that we're going to actually be rooting for here that's like a real contender um and you know it's funny because there's been there has been all this like consternation about the starting five and what's wrong and a lot of it is focused on like kemba and because Kemble and Randall are like not playing well together, it's like they're on off. Like when they play together, the team gets totally outscored. And when when it's Randall, no Kemba, like they're outscoring opponents. Blah blah blah. Although Kemba has not played without Randall ever, so that's like I'd be interested to know what Kemba might look like with Obi, whatever. But yeah, but that hasn't happened. But it's like what's going on at the starting lineup, and it's like Julius Randall and RJ Barrett have been terrible, right? <laughs> and they're the two best players. They play the most minutes. They play, they dominate the starting five minutes. Like, uh, yeah, you can say, like, because Kemp, Kemp has had his moments and Fournier's had his moments. Fournier's been bad too, but, like, you know, they're not, the engines are, right, are misfiring. <laughs> and so, like, you know, it shouldn't be that big a surprise that, like, the starting lineup hasn't been good. <laughs> I know. It really shouldn't. Our best player is. Is not playing well. Yeah, and like our at best all. player has been dreadful. I mean, yeah, I was reading today. Uh, what's his name? Fred Katz, the Athletic. Like uh, RJ's on a historic streak of shooting under forty percent while taking ten plus shots in a game. He's done it like eleven straight games. It's like Eesh. hasn't been done since like nineteen fifty eight or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> something terrible like that. <laughs> well, something to hang our hat on. I see. Yeah, so you know that has to change. Um, but I with you like it's not a, it's always good to remind you like we're nine and eight you know this is actually we're on a better pace than we were on last year um, it's still a fun team to watch like there's a lot of big games to be played a lot of time to figure it out we still have a good coach we still have players who have um, room to grow I think quickly has been awesome I think he's gonna get better Obi's been great he's gonna get better he's gonna play more so I think you're right but I'm a, you know, you're just a little concerned that like my my dreams for this team are maybe not gonna just not are like feeling off the table now, you know, like the highest possible ceiling, and that like are we in a holding pattern? Is this more of a holding pattern that's like a nice holding pattern? Are we staying in a nice like? Uh, I don't know. It's like the movie Defending Your Life. We're in like that place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice, but it's weird. We ultimately want to get to the other place. We don't want to go back to the, you know. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, but I'd still, I would love it. I would like to spend time there. Yeah, no, right. It's a great place to wait and find out your fate. But like ultimately, we're not in the, the, the nirvana that we maybe thought we had a chance to reach. I don't know. Do you think that's the problem? Do you think that Julius Randle is just in a room all day watching clips of himself from the previous year when he would dribble off his foot habitually? Or maybe that's part of the problem. 
I don't know. I, like I've seen, I was reading, you know, Jonathan Macri, who's so great, does the mixed film school, whatever it is. Um, he had some good stuff about Randall and like, you know, that they put the in Chicago when they did have a good third quarter, they kind of put the ball back, ran it the offense through him. Like they kind of just have to be like, look, even with all these extra pieces, like the offense runs through Julius, and that's how it's got to go. And then like, give Kemba a few minutes where it runs through him, and that's you know. It, but Which, by the way, I doesn't work. I am heavily in favor of. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let Julius run the offense. I mean, that's what he was so good at last year. Right. I mean, the ball in his hands, making the plays. Yeah. I mean, he's got to shoot it better too. Like. Yeah. Um, but I hear you. There's just this weird like, oh, should we tank now? You know, it's like shut up. Like, I know. <laughs> What is wrong with people? Yeah, or like, you know, making trades or it's just, no, let's see what we got. Like, if there's a great trade to be made, fine. But I don't know. I just want to watch the team. That's all. Like, yeah, they're not going to like coast to the heights that we thought they'd go to. They're going to have to claw their way up, which is better. Right. It's fun. That was part of the fun of last year. We just were fighting all the time and clawing and. You know, getting it done in a way that's dirty, which I guess you don't want to do with high-priced talent, but I enjoyed rooting for that team. I like enjoying rooting for the team. Yeah, I hear you. I know. It's like Deer and Fox. It's like, yeah, I'll make that deal if you're going to give him to me, but I'm not, like, mortgaging everything to get him. Like, yeah, no way. some kind of big drastic move, like, that doesn't put us over the top anyway. Um, but I don't know. It's funny. It is hard, man. Like, NBA is tough, like – you know, a couple of the things that the Bulls did that were rumored the Knicks might do, right? Were like DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. And I was really didn't want either one. Yeah. And those have really worked out. Yeah. And Lonzo's been just with the doctor ordered. And like, I would have never guessed that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I loved our off season and like our moves have really, you know, haven't really petered out or haven't really netted out so far. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. Like I wouldn't make a big splashy trade right now. Um, I still like the starting five. Like they just got to play better and yeah, they just got to like figure it out. Right. It's all, it's just, it's really all perspective because it was crazy to me coming out of the weekend where Saturday night we beat Houston. We won that game, but we didn't win by enough. So people were acting like we got blown out by them or something. And then we lost a tight game to a really good team. And I feel like a lot of people came out of that two-game stretch being like, well, that's it. Season's over. And you're just like, well, we went one and one, and the team we lost to is the third best team in the East right now. So I don't know. I just didn't – like, it, I, I wish we'd won both games. I'd have felt a lot happier after a win against the Bulls. But this isn't terrible. I, I just don't – you know, I, I just – I hate – I hate panic – early season freak out panics when I just don't think it it's warranted. Yeah. I mean, if Randall though does turn into like, he just reverts right back to who he was the first year that will be as devastating a disappointment as I can recall as a fan. It would be like if Eli like threw an interception on the Tyree play and then the Giants like, <laughs> never made the playoffs again. <laughs> no, you're so right. It is funny because 
Like, is it just me, or do you also think that Matt just cannot bring himself to, like, actually confront how Randall is playing right now? I do think it's, like, it's hard to look it in the face. Like, it's just like, oh, no, is it is it just this? Is it just, like, last year was, like, his career peak and that he'll never reach again, and we just, you know, invested too much in him, and, you know, he's a bridge, not not the destination? I don't know, like... Yeah. Did you did you pick up in our group chat? Like I st- I've been starting to get the sense of anytime I register a complaint about Randall, Matt will confirm it and then instantly bring up the shortcomings of another player. Yeah, he'll pivot to like Fournier or RJ. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. No, you're right. and Fournier's got to hit a shot. Yeah, and then so I texted him. I texted the group chat the other day. I was just like, I am Matthew. I'm gonna make you touch the pain. I'm going to make you, like, sit in the pain yeah, yeah. of how he's playing because you can't run from it forever. He's right. playing not as good, and we all have to talk about it. And it's like I'm feeling defensive about RJ, who I know is also terrible, and it is hurting us. But if you're that upset about RJ, you need to be just as upset as Randall. Right, right. Um, but, like – RJ's definitely been worse, but I know what you mean. The drop has been the same. It's the similar, it's a similar, like. Right, because Randall's more important. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. the drop in quality has been roughly equivalent. It's just that Randall starting from a higher place. Yeah. RJ has been disappointing, though. I really thought he was, like, poised to take a real leap, and he's just been stuck in neutral. Me um, too. Yeah. I used to hate how often his age got brought up into things, but. I'll say, like, is there a maturity issue there you think going on? And I don't even mean that as, like, a bad immature. He's not the kind of immature that, you know, say Odell would be accused of of being. More just like, I don't know. I still, sometimes when I watch RJ out there, I feel like he is a kid that's big enough to be allowed to play with the grownups, but knows he's not really one of the grownups. Right. Yeah, like he was mature past his age, and now like I don't know, like mature in the way where I don't think the problem is like he clearly knows how to like carry himself, handle himself. Work ethic's not an issue. Focus isn't an issue. I don't mean immature in in that way. I think I mean it more like like I don't know. I I feel like I'm trying to say timid but timid in like almost an immature way. Like, does that make sense? I, I know what you mean. Like he's like, um, I don't know. He's like, I think he was expecting to kind of take this leap himself. And so now there's like maybe a panic going on. Yeah. Um, uh, that it hasn't happened, you know, like I think he was expecting this to be like this big year for him. Um, and maybe there's some, some panic going on right now yeah i mean i'm i'm panicking i'm panicking for sure yeah so i hope he's panicking right he should be he should be firing up shots left and right yeah he de- right well he is unfortunately they're yeah, right, right they're just not going in <laughs> no why won't they go in oh i don't know i don't know and then like the second unit is awesome i like rooting for them i know so fun i mean it's like the palpable the feeling when you see obi and you know he's coming in is like um amazing you know yeah 
We have to go to a game this year. I mean, that goes without saying. But just to, I want to like try and start a, our section as standing O as soon as we see Obi get up. Like to go to the scorer's table to check in. I want the buzz, the energy to start. Yeah, like when you see it, like you're feeling in the crowd when people start to see him like rise yeah. from his seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to experience it. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know. They, he's been so fun. Um, why don't you think he plays more? You just think it's defense? Well, I think it's also, I mean, even though Randall's not playing great, he's still the best player on the team. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm a little surprised he hasn't tried the two of them together more often. Just to, yeah, um, right. Especially because we have just had a revolving door with the injuries in the centers, so it's not like there hasn't been the opportunity for it. Yeah, but I mean, I think like you look at it like the defense got off to this terrible start. It started to rebound. Like it does seem like they were getting some bad three point shooting luck. Now that's kind of you know they're they're coming back. I think they're like middle of the pack in defense now. Like, so you just gotta hope that on the shooting front, they'll have the same thing will happen. Yeah. And Randall and RJ start hitting shots, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll turn it around. Yeah. Let's just institute right now a no panic rule till Christmas. Okay. I think that. Well, what? what when or maybe like a threshold when we can like it's three games under five hundred, maybe. That sounds fair. Two games under. I think three. Oh, let's go three. three. Yeah. Is the official like okay something's up. Yeah. Let's do. Th- let's do. How about this? We'll we'll combine the two. So three games under five hundred is a, is is an is the threshold of the no panic zone until Christmas, and then after Christmas we can reevaluate to maybe two. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm in agreement. All right. I'm we'll glad. Hold off on all panic. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, Brian, let's not panic. Let's just be thankful. Uh, Thanksgiving is a mere days away. As a matter of fact, this is going to be airing on Radio Free Brooklyn. On... I know people will be probably making their stuffing and salting their turkeys as they're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least I hope so. Yeah. Now, uh, what is what are your Thanksgiving plans? Well, I am up in the Catskills with my wife's family. And we are currently, yes. What room are you in? No, where we rented a different, uh, an additional house because ah, um, uh, we ha- there's so many people, um, that we needed some some overflow space. Well, very nice. So, who's preparing the meal? You? No, probably my wife's father. I will be making a stuffing that I quite enjoy. Um, that's a family recipe. Um, chipping in, maybe I'll make a Brussels. I don't know something. Um, but otherwise, I think her 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 dad is a wonderful chef, um, and so I know he'll be busy at work in the kitchen, whipping well, up the feast. I I know he. I've heard the legend of his fastidiousness in the kitchen. Yes attention to detail but you know it's like he makes everything so delicious like he'll make mashed potatoes they're like the creamiest you know they're so smooth like carefully peels the potatoes you know no shortcuts but it 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 matters that stuff you know really it like you always taste it you're like oh yeah he went that extra mile that i never go (laughs) (laughs) how many people are gonna be at this um i think like 15 or something oh wow okay yeah that's pretty good. We are we're doing a, a spite hosting. What does that mean? 
what we're hosting uh, in in my apartment, and we're doing it for spite. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think I talked about this. I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but my refrigerator broke a couple of weeks ago, and it was this whole disaster. And then we were trying to figure out how to deal with it. And then my wife had a bit of a breakdown about just us living in an apartment, and we don't have enough space. We don't have any storage and our kitchen is too small. And she just really kind of went off the rails with it. Um, and then she started to think about how angry she was that her parents are sitting in, in a full-sized house, just the two of them. You know, they don't even like to go up and down the stairs at all. And here we are in our little apartment. And her mom, you know, my, my mother-in-law was saying like, you know, she's getting a little old. She's a little too tired to be cooking a full Thanksgiving anymore and hosting. So Nicole, my wife, saw the opportunity to say, oh, we'll host. Why don't you come over to our apartment? And I think her plan is to be like, oh, it's a little cramped in here while we're trying to eat? Yeah, it is. What if we were in a house right now? I don't know. <laughs> I think she's trying to like. <laughs> so that's the plan right now, so I think. prove a point by hosting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Send a message. Yes. Right. It's uncomfortable in here, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. My wife has decided to use Thanksgiving as an opportunity to throw some high cheese at her mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting increasingly dark in this room, right? Are it you... really. It started too very early in the podcast. Yeah. I realized um, pretty soon I'm gonna look like a total maniac. But I'm cooking the bird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done that before? No. Oh, Scott. God bless you and good luck. Well, because so Nicole has said that she has never made a turkey before. Like she's made turkey breast for us before, but she's never made a whole turkey before. Okay. So we kind of decided she's making so many of the sides and, you know, I can't cook like sides and stuff like that. But I'm pretty I'm pretty OK with like meat ribs. Those are things that I've proven I can do fairly well. And so we're figuring that the bird probably falls under the meat category. OK. So that, you know, it might be something, since neither of us has eat any experience cooking a whole bird, that maybe I could do that. I don't know. We'll see. Well, you've accepted the challenge, and I think, you know, that's great. But, you know, the pressure's on. And I just want you to know, no excuses. If it doesn't taste good, it's not the bird's fault. It's your Agreed. fault. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. When it's well prepared by a competent chef who's put the time and effort carefully crafted it is delicious so give me some tips well you gotta season it heavily you can't dry it out it's tough you gotta like my what's thing, your like, seasoning strategy are you a dry rind guy or a wet rind guy i don't know i mean i'm i don't i'm not i'm more like butter salt and pepper i'm, I'm not i don't go crazy with the seasonings I'm, I'm 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 not like an expert at all at cooking a turkey i just it's scary to do i'll, I'll tell you that um the key is you just don't want to overcook the uh you don't want to overcook it okay so you got to really watch that breast to make sure that you know sometimes you might need to cover it with some foil or my um grandma well, how do you know a tea towel well you'll see you can kind of see if it's getting like too crispy you know almost too um you might want to cover it up for a little bit it's an art i would do a lot of reading i would you I've know, been doing a lot of YouTubing. Yeah, I do a, a lot, lot of, of YouTubing. A lot of YouTubing I've been doing. 
You know, that that's what you just said, I think, is the scariest thing to me. Because one of my least favorite things is when Nicole tells me, can you go look in the oven and can you go look at the food I have in the oven? I'm just like, I can look at it. What am I looking for? Like, just look at it. Tell me if it's done. Like, how do you know by looking at it? How do you know? You got to feel for it. I don't know. (laughs) You know when food looks done or not. I don't know what that looks like. You look for browning, you know, the right amount of browning. But you're telling me that browning might be a bad sign. It's getting too crispy. You don't want too much browning, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe turkey's overrated, Brian. Look, I just hate when people are like, if turkey's so great, why do we have it once a year? Because it takes four hours to cook, and if you overcook <laughs> it by 30 seconds, you've ruined it. It's very difficult. It's like it's turkey. True. So, you know, I'm not going to, like, roast an entire turkey every other week. It's oh, like, like Thursday. Right. It's a big deal. Um, and I'm sick of all these th- people who come for Thanksgiving like we're all faking it that we enjoy this meal like there's nothing wrong with the traditional thanksgiving meal and if your thanksgiving doesn't hit and you don't look forward to it every year it is an indictment on the chefs in your family and you should be looking at your grandmother or your grandparents and you should be like you have failed us all because it is their failure and it is your family's failure that that meal does not taste good it is not the menu i assure you every item in the traditional thanksgiving meal can be prepared to be unbelievably delicious and it is only you your fault <laughs> if it doesn't taste good i'm so sick of these takes of like you know he likes mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes yes they do all those yes they are do amazing. everyone and if you don't like green beans or whatever fine make brussels sprouts delicious a million ten thousand ways you can make them taste fantastic stuffing you don't like stuffing Try my stuffing. I'll tell you, it's unbelievable. I mean, you don't like stuffing. Kill yourself. Everything. If there's a problem with your Thanksgiving feast, it is your problem. Okay? No, you're 100% right, and I can confirm it. I'm not even saying I agree with you. I'm saying I can confirm your opinion on the matter. Right. Right. You've lived it. Yeah, I lived it. You've got bad chefs to good chefs. Yes, that's 100%. My family, growing up, as you know... Did not eat turkey on Thanksgiving. We right. had steak. We called it red turkey because my my family was so proud of themselves for being like, nobody likes turkey. So we decided to stop making turkey. Like that's how that's how smart we are. Right. No, that's how terrible you are at cooking everything. The whole family. And I didn't know it. Because you don't know any better. You just like, right. you know. You just yeah. thinking, this meal stinks. Why does everybody act like it's good? No, it doesn't stink. You right. stink. <laughs> yeah, then I'm mar- I married into a family that is full of cooks, and right. all of a sudden, Thanksgiving was just a four-day weekend to me for most of my life. It is now my number one holiday, not even close. Not even close. It's the yeah. best holiday bar none. No presents, no obligations, no church, no guilt. Football so on all football day. Football on the whole day. Every delicious food you can think of. Lots of booze. Four-day weekend. I mean... There's nothing better. Can't ask for anything more. If you're complaining about Thanksgiving, you have major family issues. No, I agree. I it's not even I agree. I can confirm it. Right. It's the You've truth. You've lived it. You've yes. lived the truth. Yes, I have. I've lived the truth. It's it's gone from my I wouldn't say least favorite holiday, but just it was a four day weekend in the fall. That's what I thought of it as. You know, not much different than how I experience Rosh Hashanah most years. Just a you know, I got four days off in a row. Like, right. 
and nothing else is really going on except a family obligation really and now that i have cooks in my life the food is so it's so good it's so good i'm just so sick of these fools confidently on twitter announcing this take like it's so bold and brilliant and you're just like you're just all you're announcing is your family's shame on yeah. this website <laughs> like it is not like you are 100% wrong I And I would say to those people out there, and this is a message directly to them, and your sadness, and just go out to a restaurant on Thanksgiving or right. get it catered or do something. Don't look, for, don't look for alternatives. Don't trash the meal. Find a good one. Admit to yourself, I cannot produce a good one <laughs> on my own. I just can't. And look, I, you know, I couldn't do it. I, I, I'm not, you know... But you got to find a way because you're missing out and that's not fair to you or your, your, your children. Right. I mean, I feel bad for those people when they do finally. I mean, actually, maybe I shouldn't. Like, it must have been nice for you when you finally had a wonderful one and you were like, oh, wow. It's like giving a woman an orgasm for the first time. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, boy. Right. I, that, if you're gonna, I thought I if was you're gonna doing feel... great before, but I was way <laughs> off. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, man. Oh, man. That has never happened before. <laughs> That was way different. Like, and you thought you'd just been eating a delicious. You were like, eh, "Turkey's not as good as I." Everybody says, but it's good. And then, you're like, <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. If you're gonna feel bad about anything, you're right. Don't feel bad for me. I've now experienced the greatness of it. If you're gonna feel bad about anything, you should feel bad for making fun of me when I had terrible Thanksgivings because right. I didn't need to be mocked over that. I needed to be pitied empathized with that's true you're right oh, laughed at invited you i should have saved some leftovers for you yeah like, right, i've got to plate for you here this is thanksgiving <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i don't know what's happening over there i don't know what's going on i don't know what time things are getting taken out of the oven or what's happening but this i mean is... there's a lot there was a lot going on over there none of it had anything on. to do with the food really right <laughs> oh god is well, it all Joanna's family? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say how much? What What are we on time here? How much? What are we? Got about one minute left. Oh, okay. I was gonna say if we had a few minutes, things that people that I love that people are suddenly not liking as much as I thought. Like this, this season of Succession is getting weird uh, reviews. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. Which I agreed with. I think I thought it got off to a slow start, but I feel like the last couple have like really picked up but no i mean i've enjoyed the season i don't know have you i because we when we saw each other for your birthday i advised you to to rewatch the episodes that i think that you know i don't know what schedule you were on but when i i binged one and two because i didn't start watching the show until one and two had already completely aired okay so i think it makes a difference when you're able to see them one right after another like some of the details stick with you a little bit longer um but yeah, I think maybe next week we'll devote. Next week we can get into that. But yeah, I'm yeah. curious what you were thinking on it. And Tom. No, I've, I've loved it. I really have. Yeah. I've okay. enjoyed it. I think the characters, look, they're going to change over the course of four seasons. We Like what separates a show like Succession from like, you know, something on CBS is that characters change and the show evolves and the, you know, yeah. the family evolves. They're not just coming back out to have Logan Roy tell people to fuck off for an hour every week and then that's it. Like Right, right. You know, and I just think if there's been any drop off, it's been slight, and I don't agree. Think it's like yeah, alarming. Yeah. Like All right. Next. Yes, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> what a note to end on, folks. 
Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.